It's time now for Illinois Innovators, where we spotlight the trending topics in research, technology, and entrepreneurship surrounding the Granger Engineering community at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Hello, and welcome to Illinois Innovators, the podcast of the Granger College of Engineering at the University of Illinois. Today's guest is Professor Rohit Bargava, and I'm Bill Bell, your host. Rohit is a founder professor in engineering and an established researcher in chemical imaging and digital pathology techniques. He has led the Cancer Center at Illinois since it was formed in 2011. The Cancer Center is an interdisciplinary group of more than 100 faculty members, biologists and technologists, behavioral scientists and computational scientists, chemists and engineers who uncover fundamental knowledge, develop new technologies, and relieve the burden of cancer. Good morning, Rohit. Thanks for taking the time with us today to talk to Granger Engineering and our Illinois Innovators podcast about the Cancer Center at Illinois and all the great work that you all are doing. Thank you, Bill. Happy to be with you. Great. And um, I'm going to ask you just to start out for us, if you could, with a description of the Cancer Center and what it is you all are trying to achieve. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate the chance to do that. So as you know, Illinois Engineering has uh, provided many innovations that determine how we live today in modern society. Lots of technologies can trace its roots back to basic developments at the University of Illinois, uh, visible LED, MRI, the graphical web browser, uh, many things. As we got our Department of Bioengineering established uh, here at the University of Illinois, uh, we came up with this idea that what would uh, we use bioengineering research and bioengineering education to, uh, to solve a particularly large problem in healthcare. And of course, as you know, cancer is a, a very big concern for many of us, uh, both personally and professionally. And we thought, how about we bring engineering principles in the same Illinois innovation spirit uh, to try and address problems in cancer? So our cancer center is based on thinking about taking engineering and combining it with principles in oncology to derive new kinds of technologies that can be used tomorrow. And you, you mentioned the research aspect of that, and let's, let's stick there for a few minutes. Um, Granger Engineering is, is great at research, has done cancer research for years. Um, you personally, you, your, your colleagues that are working with you in the Cancer Center. So why formulate it like this in particular? Why put together a Cancer Center um, and go through that work Um, What does it add to the party of the great research that you were describing that's already been going on for years? Yeah, well, so I'll I'll, uh, try to answer this at different levels. So first, let's consider the national scene, right? And uh, there are 71 so-called National Cancer Institute designated cancer centers in the country, uh, all doing exceptional work, right? They are really focused on problems uh, that directly impact patient lives. Uh, Out of those 70, there are seven so-called basic cancer centers Uh, including MIT and Purdue and many of our colleagues who are involved in engineering as well, uh, who are focused a lot on understanding cancer from a biological point of view or uh, developing new drugs. But as we looked at the national landscape, there isn't a cancer center that is focused on technology. And uh, that is a missed opportunity. It's a missed opportunity to focus on some really fundamental developments that uh, perhaps are driven by, uh, by our concern about cancer, but can have broad applicability, both in cancer and beyond. 
Uh, if we don't focus that way, we don't develop technology, we don't drive it from an engineering point of view, we're always thinking of driving it from a clinical uh, problem point of view. And that's also great, but what happens is we, if we just stick to clinically uh, driven problems, we're thinking of immediate solutions. We're not thinking of long-term engineering solutions and trends. So it's really a mix that the nation needs, uh, both from driven from a problem side, as well as a fundamental you know, basic investigation and discovery side. And that's the best mix for us as a country. So uh, we saw that gap there in this cancer center. Our vision is that it fills that gap. Uh, from a research and engineering point of view, as you know, uh, there are perhaps three stages of this. One is the conceptualization of ideas. So you think of technologies or uh, engineering advances that might actually solve some problem. Uh, the second is a sort of development phase. When you take that concept and you work together in a team to provide a technology or a solution that might be usable. And the third is the application or translation, right? So if we don't organize as a center, we do really well on the conceptualization phase because that's the innovation and bright, excellent faculty members and students at Illinois can, can drive that uh, really further. But if we don't work together as a team, then we don't have practical solutions. And of course, as you know, the University of Illinois is famous for engineering solutions, right? The hardcore engineering as a working as a team uh, that we can get out uh, into products and develop whole segments of industry. So we're very good at working in teams, but we just weren't organized uh, in the cancer space. So the cancer center here on campus will allow the individual brilliance to be taken all the way to a translational product that might benefit patients. And that's the rationale for our campus to organize in this way. And you talked about the landscape of these NCI uh, um, supported uh, institutes or centers. And, and if I understood correctly, there aren't any that are working in this particular with this particular attitude about how to think about technology and its role and translational research and its role. Um, talk a little bit more about that, if you could. Um, how unusual is this approach? How ready is NCI and the, the field for this? And, and what do you do about that fact? How do you plow that new ground? This is a completely new idea. So of course, there are uh, some really fantastic engineers associated with many cancer centers across the country, right? And they've made some amazing uh, advances working together with clinicians and so on. So the idea of bringing engineering principles, engineering tools to cancer is not particularly novel. Of course, it's been done for a long time. Uh, the idea to drive solutions in cancer from an engineering perspective as a group and focus on the fundamental engineering uh, needed to drive that forward, that is something new. And that's not a, a traditional way in which uh, the community, the cancer community broadly in the nation has thought about addressing cancer. And, you know, very fair enough. Uh, our, our real scientific investigations into cancer are just about a century old as a, as a large community. Uh, the first need was obviously to understand the immediate uh, thing in front of us, which is what kind of cancer, how does it behave, what are some of the underlying ideas behind it? So the, the first few decades of cancer research, modern cancer research, you can say, uh, were more focused on discovery, understanding, cataloging, uh, and describing uh, you know, how cancer behaved. Now, as we transition, uh, we also see that in engineering, simultaneously, we are seeing the emergence of tools and technologies that go beyond specific fields. So a lot of engineering, for example, I was... I, 
was trained as a chemical engineer from an undergraduate degree. Yeah, a lot of chemical engineering was trying to figure out processes in the chemical industries. How do we build a reactor? Uh, you know, how do we manage heat transfer? But as the decades wear on and we gain a lot of understanding on the industrial side, we started understanding that the same principles could be applied to many different systems. So uh, as you know, many chemical engineering departments are now biological and chemical engineering uh, departments, including our own uh, here on our campus. So as we transition many of the engineering principles away from their traditional applications, uh, they, as they should, uh, start addressing societal problems. So not only is the cancer world ready for a transition, the engineering world is also ready for a transition. And uh, this is the perfect time to think about what I call cancer engineering. Presumably, uh, or let's talk about some examples of uh, spaces that are ready for that attitude, right? I, I hear you say that, and I think imaging, I think AI, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I'm the interviewer. So um, what are some of those areas that the field is looking at and that the cancer center in particular is looking at? Uh, you're absolutely correct in thinking that. Uh, the Cancer Center has decided to focus its efforts on three things. Uh, the first is to understand cancers using engineering tools better. Uh, we still don't know a lot about how cancers work, how they evolve, what does heterogeneity in cancers mean. So we really need to understand cancers better. Um, that's our first goal. The second goal, which is really effective in, uh, in the cancer world and helping patients, is detecting and diagnosing cancer appropriately. So you want to detect cancers early, and when you do diagnose them, you want to diagnose them really precisely so that the treatment that can be delivered is, uh, is very effective uh, the first go around. Uh, the third thing we want to focus on as a campus is accelerating the development of therapeutics. So there was a lot of activity a few decades ago, and many new drugs came on the market. Lately, that has slowed down, partly because the the somewhat easier targets are now uh, you know, already in the bag, and we need to, to work harder uh, to understand these cancers, and particularly cancers that aren't all that common uh, and that require strategies that aren't uh, you know, sort of one hammer for all nails, uh, but need more precise interventions. So the Cancer Center is focused on understanding, detection and diagnosis, and treatments. And we want to accelerate all this by using engineering tools. So you mentioned imaging, of course, imaging in detecting and diagnosing cancer is, uh, is really an important tool. And we can greatly accelerate that by the expertise that we have on this campus in AI. Uh, we're one of the leading places in computer science in the world, and we could use that expertise certainly to, to bear on cancer. But we're also using our expertise in engineering in many unusual ways. So we have a fantastic material science program here, a really world-class material science program on this campus. And we're working with material scientists to develop laboratory models of tumors so that we can take a person's cells, develop uh, multiple copies of their tumor in the lab using our expertise in material science, and then test out drugs really quickly. So this enables a very precise way to deliver treatment and, of course, perhaps uh, discover new ways uh, of treating cancers. So the prospect of experimenting on an individual person's cancer, um, not by giving them therapeutics and seeing if it works inside their body, but testing outside of the body such that that individual is receiving the right or at least the best therapeutics from, from, from the start. 
you've you've given an absolutely um, you know great summary of what it means from the patient side. And so if you allow me, I'll give you a summary of what it means from the engineering side, right? So these are the, the two sides of the coin. From an engineering and technology side, we truly derive advantages when we scale up, right? When we can do millions of things, then we can do each one of those things at lower cost, right? So engineering is a very process um, enabling uh, activity that enables the same benefits to reach many, many people. Yet it's also really possible to personalize those benefits today. So, you know, we don't not only have a music streaming service, the music streaming service can personalize it to your song choices and perhaps use AI to discover your song preferences that even you didn't know uh, you had, right? So how do we take the treatment uh, modalities or, or determining how we treat people today, scale that up with engineering tools, yet at the same time, personalize it at a single person level. To us in engineering, this is really intuitive. Uh, in medicine, this is revolutionary. So uh, I think we need to find a way to make it practical for these two things, these two cultures, these two philosophies uh, to combine. And as you just pointed out, it will lead to enormous benefits for the patient. That, that, that's amazing. I am often pleasantly surprised by my Spotify generated radio stations. And um, the prospect of that being applied to my illness or my infirmity just blows my mind, you know, that, that, that a doctor could come in and be in a better position to make a great first guess. Uh, you know, I think it's great on Spotify. I can only imagine how great I would think it was um, if, if I skipped four steps of chemotherapy as a result of the same sort of engineering attitude and, and uh, AI or whatever it might be brought to bear. That, that's amazing. So Bill, this is precisely where Granger Engineering comes in. So if you look at Spotify and its recommendations, let's take, uh, just as a disclaimer, I have no commercial association with Spotify. <laughs> but if we, if we take Spotify as an example, uh, when it makes a song choice for you that you don't like, you can simply move on to the next song, right? We cannot afford that uh, in cancer care, of course. So this is where the really hard engineering comes in, right? The difference in being 90% accurate and 99.999% accurate is really all about engineering. Uh, how do you take the rigorous training uh, that we emphasize here, the hands-on experiences we give our students in Illinois engineering and their firsthand experiences at making things work is precisely the spirit we need to bring to engineering in cancer, right? The level of reliability, the level of precision that we expect with engineering approaches, of course, much higher uh, than what we would expect in most other activities uh, where we apply engineering. And you know, this, this kind of uh, future is really upon us. If you think of car automation, uh, another thing that our engineers here are contributing to, uh, if you think of reliability in our uh, phones, for example, uh, you know, those kinds of reliability uh, standards, if we can bring to medicine, those kinds of accuracies, if we can bring to cancer care, uh, that would be amazing. And Illinois engineering is the place to do it. When I hear you describe some of these technologies, um, space, physical space, the laboratories that are needed um, become very important. Um, and I believe the, the, the state of Illinois and that there are some projects underway 
that are going to uh, change the face of that for Granger Engineering for the university. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, we're, we're on a really aggressive uh, path to improve Granger Engineering's facilities. Uh, you know, for example, the new Department of Bioengineering building is actually the old Everett Hall uh, that engineering, uh, electrical and computer engineering used to occupy from the outside. From the inside, it's state-of-the-art, absolutely new buildings. And we do realize we cannot do 21st century science with you know, 20th century facilities. So uh, we've really made a concerted effort to bring about the right kind of facilities to do the science that we're proposing. And of course, bioengineering is a great start uh, with a brand new building, uh, fantastic new facilities, both for research as, well as for students to learn. Uh, we've also proposed and obtained campus approval now for a cancer center research building. And the idea here is, is rather simple. We want to bring in teams uh, of engineers, of basic biologists, of clinicians to solve a particular problem. Uh, so think of a common uh, collaborative space where we are focused on problems driven by engineering and technology uh, and our strengths in, in enabling, uh, you know, all the way from concept to translational ideas. So that, um, uh, that building hopefully will come online uh, again and strongly complement uh, our other attempts, for example, in the bioengineering department. Great, thank you. And with that in, in Everett Lab, you alluded to educational spaces. So let's use that as an excuse to sort of turn the corner into um, the Cancer Center's interest in education. I know there are programs going on there as well um, that run a pretty broad gamut in terms of um, ages and where people are in their studies. So um, describe those to us and, and what, what you're trying to achieve there. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, we have a full pipeline in the Cancer Center now from high school programs all the way to faculty development programs, uh, you know, even later stages of people's careers. Uh, and the whole idea is to expose people to cancer research as a topic, particularly with an engineering bent, which is in the early stages of, of education from high school, undergraduate, and so on. At the undergraduate level, we seek to motivate them to pursue careers uh, in this direction. At the graduate level, of course, we train them uh, to pursue careers in this direction. And at the faculty level, we challenge them to think of broader things and, and newer vistas once uh, their careers start, start developing along. I want to focus our attention on one program that uh, I'm really proud of and really excited about every time we talk about this. So we're now in our eighth year of this program. Uh, it's called Cancer Scholars Program at the undergraduate level. And uh, you know, as our Department of Bioengineering became, uh, became established, uh, after about five years of, of running our undergraduate program uh, and understanding its impact on the students, uh, together with a few colleagues, I came up with this idea of how do we enhance the four-year undergraduate experience with research. So we started Cancer Scholars as an attempt to first, in the first semester, inform a group of students about cancer research. And from the second semester onwards, uh, get them engaged in research lab, actually applying what they learn in the classroom uh, back into the research world. And then every year we have a set of a couple of extra courses for them. Uh, we help them get into research, uh, summer internships at clinical centers uh, and maybe other experiences with the capstone project at the end of the four years also focused on a cancer related topic. So in this way, your whole undergraduate experience is alongside a rail of research. Uh, and it allows this really wonderful way for students to explore what they learn in the classroom 
and take it and apply it uh, back into what they, they know in research. Of course, that's a really fantastic opportunity, but what is even more exciting in this group is the cohort that develops. And they, they learn from each other, they work with each other, uh, they challenge each other in many ways. And it's truly a fantastic undergraduate experience, uh, right? So now we're trying to scale this up. We started with 12 students, then 18, now 24, and then we're, we're starting to expand this out. Uh, but it's really the innovative uh, culture that we have in Granger Engineering supported by the Academy for Excellence in Engineering Education that allows us to do these things. So the way Cancer Scholars started was with a small uh, grant from our college uh, that allows uh, innovations in education to be applied, evaluated, and you know if they work, then, then we continue them on. Uh, and I really want to thank all our, our colleagues in AE3 who do such a fantastic job, not only of nurturing the early stage uh, innovations like we did with Cancer Scholars, but also reimagining you know, the traditional classes to be much, much more effective uh, and to work with all our faculty to do that. And if I recall correctly from previous conversations about Cancer Scholars, um, that grew out of bioengineering, but it's not just bioengineering students that are part of those cohorts that you described. Yes, we started off with just bioengineering students because we wanted to, uh, you know, keep the group fairly homogeneous and small and manageable. And, you know, the overhead uh, on my part and our other colleagues who were faculty in this and managing, you know, different courses across departments. Uh, we wanted to keep that, uh, you know, overhead a little bit small until we had established the concept and refined the Cancer Scholars uh, courses and, and so on. So once we did that, we expanded uh, the availability of cancer scholars to other departments in engineering. And now we're going to expand it out to other departments across campus. It is still firmly anchored in the bioengineering department, and we're really grateful for their support and their, uh, their teaching faculty who also work with us uh, on this program. Let's, let's use that as an excuse to talk about those teaching faculty for a moment, if you could. Um, that is in my years at Granger Engineering, that is something that I've really seen change significantly and in some exciting ways. So um, talk a little bit about what they contribute to the educational mission of the Cancer Center, but also of the college in general. Yeah, our teaching faculty are, are a really, really precious resource. Uh, they are, you know, we've always had some great teachers and uh, on our faculty at University of Illinois. Uh, you know, going back to Don Bitzer, who really invented a whole new way of learning, uh, not just of learning, but also the hardware needed, uh, which later on uh, became the flat, uh, flat screen displays, for example. So we've had this great culture uh, in the College of Engineering of uh, education. Uh, with the, with, in recent times, we started a track that is parallel to the tenure track or the teaching track of faculty. Uh, primarily to value and honor those who've devoted their lives to doing this. It, it offers a formalized path, uh, just like the tenure track faculty does of assistant professor, associate, uh, and full professor, and so on. Uh, it allows our teaching faculty the, the continuity in their efforts and career progression. So it's been really, really wonderful to have that as formalized part of our, our faculty, even though uh, some really dedicated teaching faculty uh, have been on this campus and really driven uh, Granger Engineering for a long, long time. Uh, the teaching faculty we have, uh, oh, this is the most amazing group of people. Uh, their dedication to students, their, their focus on delivering a better educational experience, their innovation uh, in driving new ways of thinking 
you know, same old things, but now with new technology being available, new resources being available, uh, just this focus as a college on improving the student experience and improving outcomes uh, from what we're trying to have them learn uh, is really lifts us all, uh, you know, faculty and students alike. So to me, the teaching faculty are, are really a, a really critical part of our mission going forward. And it's wonderful to have that uh, be part of the college in a more formalized way than it has been in the past. So we've taken the opportunity to get a clear picture on research and education. Um, but at this point, I'd, I'd like to draw our focus back a little broader again, if we could, and talk to me a little bit about goals for the Cancer Center longer term, you know, in five, 10, or as far out as you're willing to speculate, uh, what does success look like and where do you want to end up? So Bill, there are the various levels of success along the path. So as I mentioned, you know, we can, uh, we, we are really thinking in the Cancer Center of going from this basic uh, discovery paradigm all the way to patient impact. Uh, so in, in almost all cases, there is a discovery uh, focus on fundamental science, new innovations uh, that come from our strength in understanding the fundamentals, right? So we're not going to lose track of that. That is really, really important. And success there is characterized in the new principles, the new concepts, the new prototypes uh, that we develop that are often in the terms of patents and publications and, and so on. Uh, then if we try to move those ideas forward, we have to come together as teams to build practical solutions. Uh, so the, the success there uh, would be how quickly can we take the prioritized ideas uh, that we've recognized and you know, work as a team to bring them to bear or test out whether we succeed or fail, but at least get to the point of testing out uh, you know, full products and, and technologies uh, at the appropriate places. So the speed with which we translate fundamental discoveries um, uh, to practical technologies is a metric of success. Uh, how many of those uh, and you know, what their impact is, of course, is other metrics of success uh, as we go there. Then if we move to the application or translation side, uh, of course, the obvious uh, metric of success is uh, how many patients are we impacting and what have we done to change people's lives, right? How many lives saved? How many years of life extended uh, living with cancer? The quality of life uh, uh, because of our technologies or our approaches uh, that leads to a better quality of life or, a, 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 you know, economic uh, quality for life uh, also are important indicators. So it's a mix of where we see ourselves succeeding uh, is a mix of traditional indicators of scientific excellence like patents, publications, and so on, uh, yet somewhat newer uh, measures of excellence in engineering uh, in terms of number of people impacted and actual lives saved uh, and quality of life improved and everything in the middle. So the Cancer Center tracks all these really closely. And you know, there's a very fine relationship between the people we have, the resources we provide and the impact that we can have. And by careful tracking and planning over the next few years, how we bring those three together to have much greater benefit for society really is the, the thing that drives us and the measure of success that the Cancer Center will have. Uh, again, it's, uh, you can put numbers on some of these things, uh, but really it's the anecdotes of how uh, things work. I want to share with you one recent example that really illustrates this fantastically. So we have a colleague on campus, uh, Dave Shapiro. Uh, Dave is a, a biologist who has been engaged in fundamental discovery, uh, particularly related to the estrogen receptor and breast cancer. 
So a few years ago, Dave thought of a really innovative concept. Uh, in cancer care and breast cancer, we've always uh, taken the estrogen receptor and tried to block its activity, right? Now the estrogen receptor is also present in normal cells. So when you block its activity, uh, of course you're starving the cancer cells of the right signals, but you're also affecting the normal cells. Uh, Dave thought uh, in a very different way. And he thought, could I take the estrogen receptor and excite it instead of diminishing it to excite a process that basically makes the cell, a cancer cell uh, run out of steam, gets it excited, uh, increases the uh, so-called unfolded protein response in the cell, uh, excites that and eventually causes cancer cells to die and normal cells to uh, not, uh, not be affected. Now we took that basic discovery and put in high throughput chemical synthesis, high throughput testing of chemistries, uh, evaluation and model systems, and all the way to a viable anti-cancer compound uh, using a, a team approach in the cancer center here. Uh, recently, that compound was picked up by Bayer. Uh, we're gonna invest over $350 million to turn it into a drug uh, that hopefully will be available soon to all patients. So these are the kinds of stories that we want to excite, uh, both on the technology side for detection and diagnosis, as well as on the therapeutic side. Amazing. The way that goes from an idea that cuts against conventional wisdom, as you were describing, and leads to a giant like Bear associating those sorts of numbers with it um, is both exciting, but I think it also reflects on the place where um, the place where we work and the attitude that colleagues bring to everything they're doing every day. I think, Bill, that that also, as uh, you know, you asked for the rationale of a cancer center. Uh, I like to call this a cancer focus. So. Uh, here, you know, partly we were able to move discoveries uh, much farther and faster today is because we're all focused in the same direction, right? How do we use engineering tools and technologies to benefit cancer? And just as a group, uh, you know, talking to each other, collaborating uh, and bringing shared resources together uh, to support this really helps that movement uh, going from fundamental discovery to actual use uh, much, much faster. So this cancer focus is a really important thing. And uh, certainly the center enables that quite a bit. You mentioned uh, quality of life and benefit to society as some of the driving factors um, in the way you think about this. To be candid, engineers um, don't always bring that focus immediately to the table. Fairly or unfairly, there's certainly a stereotype. And I think it's changed over the years, but I think the stereotype still exists about a focus, on, um, a focus on the technology or focus on what we can do and why that's exciting. Um, this is telling a different story in some ways. This is about um, solutions. This is about quality of life. So um, how do you help break that, again, fairly or unfairly, how do you, how do you help everyone within the cancer center take that different, that different hit attitude. You know, over the years, Rashid has, um, would, would talk about um, no solution without a problem, right? <laughs> and, and I think that's part of what you're getting at here. So, so how do you imbue that in a place like a cancer center that, that you're upfronting, we're bringing engineers to the problem. 
you know, how do you keep that, that focus on benefit to society, quality to life, solution or, or problems, not just solutions that may or may not have an application out there in the world? So in, in the, what we call the field of cancer engineering, uh, there is a lot of um, motivation that comes from individual knowledge of the impacts of cancer. Uh, unfortunately, uh, none of us are, are untouched by this, right? We all have friends or family or, uh, or known, uh, people known to us who've been touched by cancer, most certainly, uh, almost always uh, in rather unfortunate ways, uh, right? So cancer as a topic is naturally motivating. It's highly visible. Uh, its consciousness in, in our daily lives is uh, quite high. So in many ways, the connection of our work uh, with its impact is quite stark and personal. Uh, and that's the first step. The next step, of course, is to maintain that focus over time because it's also uh, easy to separate what we know personally and compartmentalize that and come to work and do our engineering uh, bit. So, you know, the Cancer Center helps to uh, serve as a motivation uh, or a motivator to connect those two domains and, and make sure that, uh, you know, whatever we're doing, uh, we keep uh, the end goal in mind. Uh, it brings a sense of urgency. Uh, it brings a sense of satisfaction to the work that you're doing. Uh, and of course, it brings a, a target to aim at, uh, things that you want to improve. So uh, when we talk of, uh, you know, no solution uh, without a problem, it's actually the last aspect, right, in which the target is very clear. But then there's this whole, uh, there's a much broader aspect uh, in terms of your work satisfaction as an engineer. Uh, your contributions that are visible and applicable uh, and directly go to benefit people, uh, that of course is also very satisfying in, from a career perspective for an engineer. So Rohit, you've, you've described a lot of things that have been accomplished. You've also described a, a very ambitious future. So, so um, talk a little bit about that journey and what's been done and, and what still needs to be done in order to really bring the cancer center into uh, the next decades. Well, thank you, Bill. As we say in Granger Engineering, we try to do the impossible, uh, but of course we don't try to do the impossible overnight. Uh, so this has been a journey uh, for us. In, in 2010 or so, I uh, proposed a small white paper to our Dean of Engineering uh, talking about merging uh, cancer and engineering. So our journey really started in about mid-2010 or so. Uh, in early 2011, we organized the whole campus around a, a single symposium and a, a report that came out of it uh, that even a decade later determines a lot of what we do today. So it was a really uh, fruitful exercise to plan and chart a future uh, for cancer engineering. Uh, there were a few pieces along with it. Uh, you know, we had to establish uh, student programs. We had to work together as groups. We had to establish working relationships that were missing uh, across silos. You know, it's, it's really easy uh, to say, yes, let's work together with biologists, for example. Uh, but there's a whole different culture in biology. There's a whole different vocabulary. There's a different style of working. Uh, there's a different uh, rhythm of working uh, from engineering. So we have to make sure that we're able to build these solid collaborative foundational activities before we start taking on any challenges. So many of the wonderful things that you see uh, that have come started coming out over the last two, three years 
are really a result of the foundational work. We for hope many, you enjoyed this episode of so Total in, in Data Innovators. We invite work you to subscribe to our and podcast through to SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher, or become involved in our community so by using the hashtag Illinois Innovators. Uh, it took us uh, to do that. Uh, but now we're starting to build on that foundation. And we're aiming uh, for the next level of advance uh, here. And that is uh, really we have uh, clinical processes and patient benefits in our sites. So where we are uh, headed today is we have groups of people ready, uh, loaded to go. Uh, but as soon as we're able to get some resources and support around this, we'd be able to tackle uh, specific problems. For example, trying to speed up uh, you know, cancer diagnosis once somebody comes in. Uh, with a lump or, or say some other abnormality that they get examined. Uh, sometimes it takes us days or even weeks uh, to get back to the person. Uh, could we do it in the same office visit, say in the next 15 to 20 minutes after the patient is in the doctor's office? Those technologies are in our hands today. Uh, they, are, they exist in our labs in Granger Engineering. Now we need to put in the right resources and collaborations behind them uh, to move them forward. And again, this is going to be perhaps a years long and decades long process uh, to get many of these things into practice. Uh, but the problems are so vast and the space is so large that it not only will take a much larger effort from us here in engineering, but a lot of the other engineering colleagues across the country to, to help us uh, you know, solve this problem. And we stand ready as Illinois engineering has for many, uh, in many fields, we stand ready to contribute our expertise to our colleagues and, and collaborate with them uh, so that we can all come up with a solution. And when you mentioned starting in 2010, that predates the Carl Illinois College of Medicine, but it also tracks with the development of the Carl Illinois College of Medicine. So talk a little bit about that relationship for me, if you could. and. Uh, how, how those two subsets of the same organization um, help one another out. I would, I would take the story back even five years before that, Bill. So the Department of Bioengineering was formally established in late 2004. Uh, and I believe I was the first person to sign on to the new department in March, 2005. Uh, so among being among the first faculty, we we helped establish this department over the, the next five-year period. So say from 2005 to 2010. In 2010, we proposed and started working on the Cancer Center, which was a really research-focused complement to the educational uh, uh, you know, opportunities we had enabled in bioengineering. Uh, and it's this relationship between research and education that goes back and forth that really makes us stronger. So bioengineering was an engineering focused, um, uh, you know, really engineering infused attempt to, to work in the health space. And then the cancer center is a research focused, you know, focal attempt in the cancer center space. In 2015 or so, when we started putting up the College of Medicine, uh, that was a medically driven, uh, you know, problem driven sort of side to take advantage of both the Department of Bioengineering and efforts like the cancer center uh, in research. And so it's this combination of engineering education that uh, the, the sort of movement on our campus started with the Department of Bioengineering uh, and uh, the research advances in specific fields that give us the confidence to really take it all, uh, bring it both together, you know, the engineering and the biomedical research into the Carl Illinois College of Medicine so that the folks who graduate from here will really be technology savvy, engineering ready to apply those principles to both research and education. So it's this, this wonderful dance of bioengineering, 
you know, research-focused institutes like the Cancer Center and the College of Medicine, and highly synergistic, uh, providing just this wonderful menu of opportunities for all our faculty and students here. Rohit, I want to thank you for your time today. These are very enlightening about things I didn't necessarily know about the Granger College of Engineering, but when they're exciting as well, when they point toward ways in which we all as a society can get important and optimistic stuff done, um, that's a good conversation for me personally. So I appreciate you taking the time today. Oh, thank you so much, Bill. Thanks for having me here and uh, good to talk to you again. You too. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Illinois Innovators. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast through SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher, or become involved in our community by using the hashtag Illinois Innovators.